transitioning into the space, I needed and I wanted to get around people that thought the same way I did. So starting the meetup, a large part of it was for me because it just made more sense to bring people to me than to try to go out one by one and try to connect with people. This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Show, the show that will help you escape the Wall Street casino and build wealth on Main Street by investing in real estate. I'm your host, Taylor Lote, and today our guest is Dallin Schultz. Today, you're going to learn about how Dallin built a local real estate investing meetup that became the biggest meetup in his category within his state. And Robert Kiyosaki of Rich Dad Poor Dad actually showed up to his meetup as an attendee. Really incredible. You're going to learn the process of how he started the event, how he grew it, mistakes and lessons that he learned along the way, and how it got to the point where, hey, Robert Kiyosaki would come to this event. What made his event so special that Robert would come to his event? And how did Robert even find out about it? Well, we're going to get into all of that today. If you want to be a more active participant and be successful in the real estate investing space, you have to get out there and build your network. One of the best ways to do that is to attend local real estate investing meetups. No matter where you are, at least within the United States, there is probably a real estate investing meetup near you already. Just go to meetup.com and you can find one near you. Today, we're learning about the active side of running those events, what it takes, how the, the slog works to make all of these things work, and how Dallin was successful in building his event to the point where Robert Kiyosaki would show up. Really incredible. Once again, I'm your host, Taylor Lode. I'm a real estate investor, and I focus on self-storage and multifamily commercial real estate. To date, I've acquired, invested in, partnered on, or otherwise had a hand in over $150 million of commercial real estate deals. If you'd like to learn more about potentially investing with us on a future deal, just go to investwithtaylor.com, fill out the form and schedule a call, and I will look forward to speaking with you soon. Once again, our guest today is Dallin Schultz. If you do enjoy this interview, look us up, the Passive Wealth Strategy Show, hit that subscribe button, and you'll catch us here every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Right now, let's get into talking about how to build a successful real estate investing meetup. Let's go. Dallin, thanks so much for joining us today. For our listeners out there who don't know about you and your background, can you tell us about where you're from, what you invest in, and then let's dive into hosting your meetup and what it's done for your business. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on the show, Taylor. Really looking forward to this and I had to reschedule a couple of times, so I apologize, but I'm glad we we were able to to connect. So so a little bit about me. I, I live in the Phoenix area. I've been here probably about four years, been in Arizona for almost 11, 12, probably going on 12 years now. So Arizona is what I consider home. I was born and raised in upstate New York, beautiful country, winter suck. And I realized very quickly that you don't have to shovel sunshine. So I made the move to Arizona and met my wife here and my parents are out here now. So this is what I what I consider home. So love it, especially right now. I mean, we're it's it's I guess it's March now, but when you're having your 60, 70 degree days in January and February, it's it's kind of nice. So our team focuses on multifamily value add multifamily acquisitions and apartments investing as well as self-storage development. So when I say development, I'll say that loosely because we've started one and we're still in that one. So I want to consider myself a self-storage developer, but we're, we're definitely learning a lot along the way. So 
those are our primary asset classes and and our team focuses heavily just on education because a lot of people don't know that these asset classes are even available to them to invest in. And that's why I love what you do with your show, Taylor. Like the, the whole purpose of your show yeah. is to let people know, hey, there's other options out there besides your typical 401k and, and other investment plans. Absolutely. We talk about escaping the Wall Street casino here. So you have run a pretty substantial real estate investing meetup in your area. Tell us about the the meetup itself and, and how it went, and then we'll dig into you know strategies and what it takes to run a successful meetup behind the scenes. Absolutely. So the, the desire to start a meetup came when I was transitioning and leaving my W-2 job. And as I was making that transition, I realized, okay, I need to I need to rebrand myself. When people see me, when they hear me, when they think of me, they need to think of apartment investing. Because at that time, they didn't. And so I decided to take the meetup route. I prefer live events. Even though I wouldn't consider myself a, an extrovert, I really enjoy networking events and connecting with like-minded people. And so I, I like the idea of a meetup because for me, I would rather spend three hours shaking hands with a few people in person than spending 30 minutes on a group Zoom call trying to network and connect with people that way. So I I looked around and attended multiple apartment investing meetups in the Phoenix area, and there wasn't really a lot that I was really impressed by. And one of them was in the back room of a Panera Bread, and there was like 10 people that showed up. And I'm like, nah, like I'm, I'm looking for something more. I've been to big apartment investing conferences. You go to those, you get energized. There's a thousand people there. I said, how can I... How can I take that on a smaller scale and, and bring it into the meetup space? So I decided to stop attending other meetups and just start my own. And and it took some time. I, I didn't, nobody was telling me how to start it. I was just going off, trying things, switching things up month by month. And we quickly became the largest apartment investing group that met every single month in the state of Arizona. And we were bringing in 80 to 100 people a night to these events. And there's a, a term that we we didn't trademark it, but we, we used when people came to our event and we called it the Rev experience because there was a tangible energy. There was a feeling at our events when people came and we were even told that, hey, this isn't, this isn't a typical meetup. Like, I don't know what you guys are doing, but this isn't a typical meetup. And to be honest, I don't know what we were doing either. We, we, were, we were just bringing in quality speakers. We, we found quality venues and we used different strategies to just really grow and, and create a high caliber experience for people that wanted to learn more about apartment investing. I love that. And prior to COVID, I ran an in-person meetup here. And I think back to the first one that I ran, the fir- very first one you, when you mentioned about nobody telling you how to do it. And my, the first one is so painful to think back on how bad I was, how inexperienced I was, how unprepared I was, but I pushed through and it kept growing and pushing through that pain really helped it. But it's just, it still stinks to think back about how bad the first one was. But anyway, so what did the format of your event, like, what did that look like? Do you have a speaker? Do you have networking time? how did you make that successful? Yeah. So we always brought in a guest speaker because at, at this point, even now today, I don't consider myself an expert in specific areas. I like to think that I know quite a bit about apartment investing. That's why people have trusted me with their investments. But there's always somebody that knows more than you, especially back then when I was getting started. 
So I used the meetup as a platform to invite these people that had more experience than me out to the event. So rather than calling them up and saying, hey, I'd love to grab lunch and pick your brain, I said, hey, I have this event. 50 people are going to be there learning about apartment investing. Would you mind coming and sharing your story? So there was there was more benefit to them because people can come out, talk about themselves, talk about their story, and and build some exposure that way. So I'd always have a guest speaker, and that's who I would market. I didn't market Dallin and, and Dallin's meetup. Like I was associated with it, but I was highlighting here's the speaker, here's the topic, here's this is why you need to be here. And and that's what we use to to drive people in. And then I got credibility just from hosting it. And I would welcome people, turn the time over to the the speaker, and I I get some credibility for that. So that the biggest value that could come from any meetup, any in-person gathering is the networking. If you go to any meetup and there is no networking involved, go find another meetup. I mean, that that's just in my opinion. That's the whole reason you go to them. So we we had a blend. We I feel like we had a good mix. So we started the the events with networking for about 30 to 45 minutes. And that kind of helps loosen everybody up because a lot of people are what I like to consider extroverted introverts. Like they'll get out of their comfort zone and network, but they're not born extroverts or or networkers. So that first 30 to 45 minutes, I realized kind of helps people get out of their comfort zone. They get comfortable. They, they see the types of people at that event and it kind of sets the tone for then the presentation aspect. So I would welcome people in, spend a few minutes doing that, and then usually touch on an aspect, for me, really more mindset, personal growth, personal development, but then find a way to tie it into apartment investing. So I didn't get, with my aspect of the presentation, I didn't get super technical with things. I left that for the speaker, for the expert that I invited out. So I would speak for maybe 20, 30 minutes, and then I would turn the time over to them for 20, 30 minutes. So we had roughly an hour, hour, 15 minutes of presentations, but it was switching up. So people were engaged. And then after that, we'd wrap up and we'd have more networking. So I'd say there was, in total, we, we would block out three hours for the evening. But honestly, we'd probably spend four, four and a half hours total at these types of events. And with an hour to an hour and a half of presentation and the rest is networking. So almost like a three or four to one type of ratio. <laughs> so plenty of time for folks to get to know one another and also to learn from you and your speaker. How did you work the financials of your meetup? Did you charge? Did you have to pay your venue? How did all of that work out? That's you? a great question. So we've, we've, ex- we've been on both sides of this where we charged and we didn't charge. So we started by not charging because we're just trying to get exposure. And so it was a free event. We found we the first year we held it in the back room of a barbecue restaurant. And they said, hey, you can have the back room, but you have to buy, I think it was like $300 worth of meat or something. So we provided food at our events. And for the whole first year, we just ate that cost. We just paid the few hundred bucks to do that. And then I remember we were coming up on a year and we had just sold one of our one of our deals, or maybe we just bought a deal. I can't remember. Either way, it was a big transaction. And we were walking through this restaurant for our celebratory dinner. And I walked past this meeting room. And as soon as I walked past it, something just clicked inside of me and resonated. I was like, this is it. This is where you need to move your meetup to. And and it was a nicer restaurant and it was a big room. So I started inquiring about it. Turned out it was going to be, and it was this was right after COVID too. So 
a lot of people still weren't meeting up in person. But Arizona opened up, I feel like, a little bit sooner than most places, so it, it enabled the opportunity. But anyways, we were able to negotiate with the restaurant and get that meeting space with taxes, gratuity, everything. We were paying about $2,200 a month. So just for like a three-hour event, $2,200. Wow. So I went from $300 for one venue to $2,200 for a three-hour event. And I wanted that place so bad. I didn't say like, okay, we, we can't do this. We can't afford it. It's like, okay, how can we? How can we make this happen? Because just the, just the vibe, the environment, the energy, like I just, it's what I envisioned for what we wanted to achieve. So that's when we did start charging for tickets. And I remember asking, and we were already providing dinner at this point too, and providing a lot of good content. I remember the first tickets I charged, I think I was charging $10 a ticket and I was like, no one's going to show up. No one's going to show up. This is going <laughs> to like, why am I doing this? We should be giving this for free. And there was all those questions and doubts kind of going through my mind. And I realized that our attendance actually went up. And not only the attendance went up, but I started realizing month after month, our quality of attendees was improved. And what I realized that I didn't realize at the time is that when you offer a free event, you're going to attract a certain type of person. And I'm not saying that that person is bad or good, just a much broader mix of people, I should say. As soon as you start charging, even if it's 10, 15 bucks, there's some people are like, I'm not going to pay that. Why would I pay that for that event? And the question you have to ask yourself is, are those the people you want to be at your event? If they don't see the value, $10, $15 ticket for dinner, shoot, you're going to spend $15 just on dinner, right? And then you have yeah, all the yeah. networking, you got the the speakers, the education, the content. Uh, the, when you bring all that together, if people don't see the value in that, then they're probably not ones you want there in the first place. So th I realized that's what actually helped our caliber of person grow up. And then it started compounding because people started talking about it. And anytime people came to the event, I'd, I'd like to meet them and ask, hey, how'd you hear about us? Oh, I was at another event and somebody said, oh, have you heard of Rev? Have you heard of Rev? So when I started hearing this from multiple people, I was like, shoot, we're, we're, we're doing something here. People are, are talking about us. So charging for tickets helped cover for some of the costs, but not all of it. I think the most we ever charged for tickets was I think around 20, 25 bucks, but that was a year and a half, two years after we started that we were charging that. And we had a guest appearance by Robert Kiyosaki at one of the events. So we were able to to bump it up a little bit. But we also approached sponsors to help out as well. And so we we found different vendors in the space, attorneys, CPAs, title companies, property management companies, and say, hey, we got this real estate event. We have this many people that show up. We market for it two weeks before through our email and social media. So it's more exposure for you. And we worked in sponsorships with these vendors to help cover the cost. So most months, most months we would break even. Like it, it wouldn't cost me anything to come out, but I wasn't making money on it. And I was okay with that. I wasn't looking to generate revenue from it. I was just interested in in covering our cost. So Okay. That's interesting because the financials can be really tough with these events. And I've been through this process myself of not charging anything and then starting to charge five bucks and being afraid that, oh man, I'm charging five bucks. Nobody's going to show up, but really more people showed up. And I even had people asking me, can I pay you more for this? Cause I know you're spending money on this. And you know, I then COVID hit and everything, but that, and things changed. But I think charging is, is very important when you charge 
you get more experienced people that'll show up that understand the value of being in that type of a room. So you mentioned Robert Kiyosaki coming to one of your events. We buried the lead a little bit here, but I definitely wanted to talk about Robert showing up. So what was it like getting him out there? How did that all shake out? And you know, were people excited? Tell us about that. <laughs> yeah. So full disclosure, I, I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> people, even people at the event were like, how did you get him here? I was like, I didn't. <laughs> I mean, other than having the event, but one of our attendees that had been coming out for a couple of months happened to know him personally. And and when she first met him, she had no idea who he was because she was new to the area, never heard of Robert Kiyosaki and stuff. <laughs> so anyways, she started getting some mentoring by him and invited him out. And she said, hey, I'm going to this real estate seminar thing. Do you do you want to come? And he's like, sure, I like real estate. So he he shows up and I didn't, I didn't even see him walk in. I'm sitting there networking. And at this point, we were at an even larger venue than we were. And so we were paying closer to 2,500 bucks. It was a comedy club. It could seat like 500 people. We didn't fill those seats, but it had the seating for it. So it was a big room. It was a big room. And so I'm out networking with people during that the first 30, 45 minutes. And somebody comes up and they're like, dude, did you, just, did you see Robert Kiyosaki over there? And I was like, no, <laughs> no, nah, there's, nah. there's no way. Why? Like, we're just a small meetup. Like, there's there's no reason for him to be here. But as, they're, as I'm saying that, I, I see the side profile of this, this, Asian Pacific man, I was like, holy shit, is that, is that Robert Kiyosaki? And so like, <laughs> as I, I'm like walking away to the person as I'm talking to him, but trying to pan around to get more of a front view to see if it was Robert. And this is from across the room. So I was totally <laughs> creeping, dude. But sure enough, it was. And and he had a name tag on his chest that said Rob. And like, we're like, we're like, dude, we all know who you are. We all know who you are. So anyways, it was super cool. And, and I was just, and we happened, we just happened to have our videographers that day cataloging the event for some promotional material and stuff. So immediately I went up to him. I was like, look, I don't know if you guys know who that is, but make sure you get him in the shots and me with him in the shots so we can, <laughs> so we can capitalize on it. But anyways, I, I went up and I introduced myself. I said, Robert, I totally appreciate you being here. I, I'm the host of the event. And I said, you probably hear this all the time, but your book changed my life. And I could see it on your shelf behind you, Taylor, like that Rich Dad, Poor yes. Dad book. I had always wanted to get into real estate 15, 20 years from now. That was that was kind of my, I didn't know you could do it sooner. I read that book and two weeks later, we bought our first fourplex without any of our own money. And that was four or five years ago. And that's really what jump-started my career into into real estate. So when I saw Robert there in person, I said, hey, you probably hear this all the time but your book literally changed my life. I said, I read it. Two weeks later, we bought our first fourplex without any of our own money. And, and he congratulated us. And he's like, you know, I, I don't hear it enough. And I think he was full of crap. He probably hears it all the time that his book changed <laughs> people's lives. But either way, he was just really cool about it. And I said, look, I, I want to be respectful to you and your time because he wasn't there to speak. He was there to, to just attend, right? So I said, I want to be respectful to you and your time, but would you mind coming up and speaking to our group for a few minutes. He's like, sure, the sooner you can get me on, the the better because I have an early flight in the morning. So so yeah, we we welcomed everyone and and I pointed out Robert Kiyosaki and there's people in the room that still they thought I was joking from the stage when I said that Robert <laughs> Kiyosaki was in the room with us. And and he stood up and he waved. And then a few minutes later we got him up and and he spoke to our group. So it was super cool. It was it was incredible. And even though I didn't have a I guess a direct reason or, or link to get him, getting him there. I can't deny the fact that our, our event did. 
Because if we if we hadn't grown to that size, if we weren't getting the exposure that we were getting, then it, it wouldn't have led up to that opportunity. So even though I didn't invite him, I still have to give our team credit for growing that event the way we did because it opened up the opportunities for that to happen. Absolutely. I think that's a sign of what can happen if you really put things out there consistently, add value to people is very important. Obviously, the the gal who brought him was getting a lot of value from your events, and that's what made it happen. But it's not like it just happened on accident. You just didn't just have one event and Robert Kiyosaki showed up to it. You did a whole lot of these before he showed that's up. That's about two years, two great. years of our meetup before that, before awesome. that happened. So- and I didn't start the meetup with that in mind, right? I didn't start it being like, hey, I'm going to start a meetup and Robert Kiyosaki is going to be our, our, our the climax of the story in the meetup, right? Like we didn't start that. We really started it just to provide value. And really for me, since I was transitioning into the space, I needed and I wanted to get around people that thought the same way I did. So starting the meetup, a large part of it was for me because it just made more sense to bring people to me than to try to go out one by one and try to connect with people. Absolutely. And that also gives the opportunity for those people to connect with one another, and it really just multiplies the the opportunity in general. So for anyone out there who is thinking, hey, maybe I want to start my own local meetup. I know a few people who are out there, sometimes folks bring it up. What are a couple of like top lessons that you wish somebody had grabbed you when you're first getting started and they had said, hey, here are, I don't know, three things that you should do right now that you weren't doing. Honestly, and some people might disagree with this, I probably would have started started charging for tickets right off the bat because I think it's easier to set that expectation and to help cover the the cost of your your event. Like everybody loves free stuff and and I get that, but you truly attract a different type of attendee and even if you get a little bit less in the door, if you're charging Maybe it's 10 bucks, right? Or maybe since you're starting out, you do a buy one, get one free. Say, hey, it's $10 and you get to bring a friend for free, right? So now it's only five bucks per person, but now you engage your potential audience to say, hey, Taylor, I'm going to this event. I got a, I got a BOGO. Do you want to come with me? Sure, let's go, right? So there's that strategy, but I would start charging right off the bat because you, you set that expectation, you help cover your cost, and it really pushes you to deliver value because- when you start charging for something, at least for me, I know there's there may not be other people like that. If I'm charging for something, I want to deliver. And I want to deliver that value by 10x, right? So it kind of helped lit a fire under me to make sure I was bringing in, I was taking time to prepare and I was bringing in quality speakers and was at a nice venue and I was providing food and doing all that. So I would say charge for your tickets. Number two, have a clear outline. Like I knew I didn't want to come up with new content every single month because that was going to be exhausting. So I created a six course model plan, if you will. So I identified six major aspects in apartment investing and one month we would focus on one. And then after the six months, we would repeat. And so some of the information would change. A lot of it would stay the same and I would bring in new guest speakers every time. So after each month went by, I was spending less and less time in preparation for it and spending more time marketing and getting people there. So I think that was that that's something big too that it's, nobody told me that. That's something I started out with right away. But if you are thinking of doing a meetup, have some structure to it. And number three, do not expect it to blow up overnight. 
Like if you're if you're doing it just to get immediate exposure, I mean it's this goes for podcasting, it goes for Instagram content, social media content, starting in right like you you've got to put in the time. And if you're like, hey, I want to do this for three or four months and see where it goes, it's not going to be where you want it to be. So really have that desire to to run the meetup and do what you got to do to grow it because it doesn't happen overnight. Probably be comfortable with failing for for a little while, yeah. I suppose, have that long-term vision. Yeah, yeah, you definitely have to have the the long-term vision. Wow, awesome. That's it's great, great success getting Robert there and growing that meetup so so significantly. Right now, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. Are you looking for a way to easily track your rental property finances? Check out Stessa. Stessa makes managing real estate investments simple. You can easily keep track of the performance, finances, and the paper trail of your rental properties. Our listeners can get started for free and then upgrade at any time to unlock their more advanced tools. And the even better news is that the upgrade is very affordable and will not break your bank. Smart investors know that tracking the numbers, tracking the money, tracking the finances is what really drives your success. Check out Stessa. It'll make your property finances easier. Just go to escapingwallstreet.com, scroll down to the Stessa logo, and get started for free. Now back to the show. All right, Dallin, I've got three questions. I ask every guest on the show, are you ready? Let's do it. Great. First one, what is the best investment you ever made other than in your education? Today, I'd say the best investment I made was a development deal that we actually bought a little over two years ago. And we got the land entitled, we got it ready to go, and we were going to build it out. But then we got an offer for more than twice than what we paid for it 14 months earlier. So we we got out of that. <laughs> we exited in 14 months. <laughs> And and part of it was us adding the value by getting the the land ready to go, but also a strong market too. But we our investor on that deal, <laughs> we we typically tell our investors like we try to double your money in three to five years. That's pretty standard in, in most apartment funds and syndications. And and the average annual return we try to shoot for between like sixteen to twenty percent is what we were telling people then. Now it it might be a little different. So if you're listening to the show, like look into that. But anyways, we ended up getting him. It worked out being like a, our, we had one investor, one main investor came in on it. Once we sold the property, returned his capital, he got like a 90% average annual return <laughs> on his money. Like it was, it was so stupid. But yeah, I'd say that was probably our, our best invest, one of our best investments. And that wasn't even a syndication or a fund. That was like a one-off Hey, here's a here's a small development opportunity. Let's just bring one person in on the deal and and take it down together. Like that's all it was. So I think that's important to hear too, because a lot of people getting into the space, they want the hundred units, they want the two hundred units, they want these big sexy properties. But you can do very well in in the smaller space as well if it's done right. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about the deal, but definitely not typical of what most deals or folks or in general are doing in the space. Historically, we have had a huge run up and in. In, in property values in certain areas and all that. So the market timing, a nice deal, the right situation, it sounds like they all came Absolutely. together for you. So we had the best investment. Now we go to the other side of that coin, the worst investment. What is the worst investment you ever made? I did one house flip, Taylor, and I'll never do one again. Okay. That's just <laughs> that's just me. I know 
I know other people do very, very well with house flips, but early on when we were looking to get started in, in real estate, we said, okay, well, what's the best way to get capital? Let's let's flip some houses. Like I, at this point, I wasn't thinking or considering about going to the people with capital and building relationships with them because that's what we focus on now. So at the time we said, hey, the best way to do this is a house flip. An opportunity came up. We never flipped a house before. My business partner was a contractor though. So we had the the skill sets and the experience and the crews to be able to do it. And cost shot up that summer. This was a few years back. Cost shot up. We were over budget. Things were taking a lot longer than expected. Our, our holding costs were killing us. And we had one investor in on that deal. And we were tracking all the, the money and we were showing them where everything was at. And at the end of the day, when we sold, we fortunately, fortunately broke even. So we didn't necessarily lose anything, but we broke even. But that was six months four to six months of our time where it was just, it shouldn't have taken us four to six months. Like by the time we, and it was a, it wasn't a quick lipstick fix. Like we blew out the entire exterior wall. We added on a 600 square foot addition. Like, wow. like this was our first flip. I, looking back, I, was, I don't know what the hell we were doing, but it was the opportunity was there. And, and we had the, I thought we had the experience in the construction, just not in the house flipping side of things. And that, that didn't go well be, and mainly because that investor started accusing us of taking money and, and hiding money. And that's, I mean, I, those that are involved in real estate, like your reputation, your, your, your integrity is more important than any money you can squeeze out of a deal. Like at least for me, it is. So having that conversation and even showing them, walking them through the books and where all the money went and this and that, it just wasn't enough for him. And, and it was, it got really sticky there towards the end. And, and we, we got through it and I said, okay, we're never doing that again. So that was my worst real estate investment was a house flip. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a bad one. <laughs> my favorite question here at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson you've learned in business and investing? I know, I know this is talked about a lot, but I don't think everyone necessarily realizes that it applies to them. And that's, you've, You've got to build your network. You have got to build your network. Kiyosaki always says your your network is your net worth. And if there's, I'm not, I'm not a born networker. I don't. I I I get comfortable with myself in small groups. I don't like going to large groups. In fact, the first large conference I ever went to, everybody starts networking, and I was like, nope, not me. I sat down in my chair and I didn't talk to a single person because I was so <laughs> uncomfortable. And then I started realizing why you need to network. And, and a big part of it is just to be compliant with the SEC, depending on how you're raising capital. And number two, if this is really the business I wanted to get into, people have to know, like, and trust you. So I forced myself to get out of my comfort zone. I was going to conferences multiple times a year and just really working on being a genuine person and building that network and not trying to take shortcuts. Because the moment you try taking shortcuts or you're trying to create automatic relationships or be too efficient with those connections, people pick up on it. And so spend time to create quality relationships, not all these superficial social media relationships. Just because you're liking someone's post and they like yours, that doesn't mean they're going to do business with you. Get them on the phone, talk to them, get to know more about them, their family, their business, their failures, their wins, right? Get to know all of that and, and really create that, that genuine connection. And you'll be amazed at how quickly 
your network can grow. Because if done right, they're going to start introducing you to people that they know. And now rather than building all these relationships with maybe a bunch of tire kickers, you're getting introduced to people that are actually flipping the tires, right? They're the ones that are actually doing the work and getting stuff done. That's where you want to be spending your time. Because if you're not careful, you're going to be networking and connecting with people that can talk the talk, but they're not walking, right? And and six months, a year from now, you might say, hey, I've been going to all these meetups and I'm nowhere closer to my goals. Okay, go to a larger conference, invest in yourself, invest in, in something else, invest in a mastermind, get around people doing what it is that you want to be doing. Absolutely. And and. I'm very much the same way, at least in my in my nature, that I don't desire to go out and network like that. I don't know that I necessarily get enjoyment out of it all the time, but it is part of what you have to do if you want to be an active and successful participant in this business. And Dallin, I want to thank you so much for joining us today, sharing all these lessons with us. If folks want to reach out, if they want to get in touch with you, if they want to learn more about what you're up to or anything like that, where can they track you down? Yeah, I appreciate you having me, Taylor. It's been a blast. And and I obviously you could tell I got a special place for meetups. So if anyone's thinking about starting one, I'm I'm happy to to point you in the right direction. Or if you just want to talk more, the best the two best ways to get a hold of us is on our Instagram. That's at Rev R E V multifamily. And then the second best way is probably our website, and that's investwithrev.com. And we're going through a revamp of that. So there's going to be free resources and things there that people can access to. Awesome. Well, thank you once again for joining us today. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please take a moment and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars if you don't mind, you guys. I appreciate that so, so much. I really mean that. That helps other people learn about the show because that helps us rank higher in the Apple Podcasts ecosystem. And I'm always honest with you guys. That gives me a nice little warm and fuzzy feeling because I get to see that you're engaging with the content and you're escaping the Wall Street casino along with us. Don't forget to subscribe and catch us here every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Right now, I hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye.